guys welcome back to another episode of the trek way thank you gray that wouldn't be the same unless you'd done that uh, we, today we're doing the lord decks uh, season three episode five review the episode's called reflections um really quickly gray when i first started watching this um mm-hmm. i wasn't so sure about this episode um i thought it was gonna be another episode it was a bit meh but yeah. Saying that, I actually kind of really enjoyed it. Did you you give us another like six or seven out of ten again? Pretty much like a seven out of ten, you know, because it's just because you would never get more than seven out of ten for Gray for uh, the... it has to be something really, really. I mean, it would have to be good from end to end for me to go any better than seven. It's not that it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's just. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's decent enough. It's decent enough to keep us entertained. Um, I should mention something really, really quickly, actually, that I forgot to uh, mention at the very, very start. Uh, Something came up on my feed earlier on today, and I don't know if you've seen this, Gray, but uh, if you remember the character from DS9, Kai Wynn, played by Louise Fletcher. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, so mm-hmm. she's unfortunately passed away. So uh, I Louis just saw Fletcher? It. Yeah, she's she's passed away. Oh, but she was born wow. in 1934, so she's had a good innings, but but it looks of things. Sure. I love that character really, really briefly, Gray from DS9 or slightly diversion. But um, yeah, of course, at this time, you, your thought goes out to the friends well, and the family. Well, Fletcher, uh, people may not remember, but she was the nurse uh, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is an outstanding film that won Best Picture. Jack I haven't seen it. <clears throat> I haven't seen it. Uh, okay, but if you ever do watch it, it's one of the one of the best films done, ever done. It was really good. Okay. Really okay. good. And she was like, I think she won the Academy Award that year. She's won the Academy Award. Well, like, Star wow, Trek royalty you, you, now. You, you watch that movie and you hate her. <laughs> <She's doing laughs> the character. She's so good with it. You're just like, ooh. You just want to like, oh my God, she is horrible. <laughs> Job done then, right? Okay, Star Trek royalty. So no, obviously, rest in peace, uh, Louise Fletcher. Cracking character. I love that character there. Um, and no easy way to progress on, but we'll try our best. Mm-hmm. Um, so this episode starts with uh, Rutherford having nightmares, and mm-hmm. I, these nightmares were of him trying to stop something from exploding. He was trying to fix something. It's not clear what it is gray but you know yeah he basically wakens up and i can't remember if 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 at that time he wakes up because of the nightmare or because that little malfunction happens in his his visor thing do you recall which it was i thought it was the visor thing i guess i, I don't been. know but either way it was he was disturbed that's for sure yeah it was it was um something's clearly kind of happened there um, but after that, we again we have the two and fro between between the the the, the A and the B scenes. Really, um, we have. <laughs> it turns out uh, <laughs> this is hilarious. Great, Boimler and Becker have to run a job fair, a booth at the job fair. Now, yeah. I never thought I'd ever see this in Star Trek. That they're just doing day to day stuff <laughs> that we would do in real lives in Star Trek. Uh, with Ransom keeping a close eye on 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 Beckett, uh, did you ever think you'd see a uh, uh, a booth at no, a job I know, fair? I, 
I think what made it even funnier, I guess, was that if you've ever been to job fairs before, you definitely clue in on this one. You're going like, oh, my God. I said, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. They're running the whole thing like a real job fair. I'm like, like yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't join Starfleet. Be a Klingon. <laughs> All the catchy lines. Bold, uh, what, what, some of the, what, I can't remember what the other ones were. Like, to boldly go, or, or not, the, 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 the country, the undiscovered country, to go there. Yeah, you know, she said discover the undiscovered the country. country. I was like, it's already been done, <laughs> Beckett. God damn it. Uh, but yeah, that was hilarious. I knew it was going to be hilarious when it started hitting that, that scene just because random. And then Ransom was like, you better do this, you know, you 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 will do this, Commander Ransom. Um, you know, uh, otherwise... Yeah, Ransom was going off on her too. He was like... His patience is probably thin. She's a bit of a rebellion, yeah. Grey. Um, a bit of a rebel, even. What's it he threatens at the end, Grey, if she doesn't fall through with this? <laughs> oh, I was going to send her off to Starbase 80, and she's going like, Starbase 80? No, that's Don't even joke about that. <laughs> because See, I, was a fir- I was one of the first times, at least that I remember, where Beckett was actually backing down to Ransom. Because usually she just, you know... But that's because she had the backing of her mother, so she wasn't always afraid. Now it's Rans- it's in Ransom's hands because her mother, the captain, gave Ransom the duties to take care of her. You know, yeah, so yeah, now yeah. now he has to answer to him, and he has she has no choice. And he's like, he's not taking any any crap. He's not. He's not. I mean, I, I, Ransom for me, I I do like Ransom. We don't see enough of him, and I guess it's again because he's. One of the uh, senior crew, and the senior crew are not supposed to be mm-hmm. the focus of this, but we do need to see more of it. And obviously, Starbase 80 is awful, so I really want to see an episode where some people go to Starbase 80 because I want to find out what this hellhole mm-hmm. is actually real like. Um, Great, we you, you mentioned something too, where you, you don't see the senior crew, and, and I, I made a little note saying, Yeah, I was literally about to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see her at all. Yeah, she just makes a start, a log. I was thinking she had to pop up somewhere in the episode. She always pops up somewhere and it's like no she's just no. gone completely <laughs> and that's yeah well it on paper should be the most important character but because she's not a lord decker she's right, kind of not right, exactly and i like the captain yeah. shame we don't see her but as long as we see some of these um senior crew from time to time i'm kind of happy it should the focus should be on the lord deckers of course it should yeah. be yeah. um okay so we we we're go we go back to uh the Sutos and Rutherford, after his little glitch on his whatever that thing's called, his visor, his sensor, yeah, (laughs) he's kind of like I don't part Cyberman, part Borg. Um, He um, he goes down to sick bay uh, with Tendi, um, and Tendi actually purges the cash from um, his little visor thing, Uh, but partly this turns out to be. And Grace put a lovely note here. Turns out to be a resulting in a split personality of a younger Rutherford, right? After she's reset this, he's kind of split from himself, whereas younger Rutherford seems to have taken over his body, like the memories. And the other Rutherford, the older, up-to-date one, the modern one, is the one that seems to be stuck in reflections. And Grace put a note down here of uh, TOS, the enemy within. Now, I vaguely remember that, Grey. I vaguely remember that episode. Um, what what briefly is, is that about for the people that maybe haven't seen that well, one? If you've seen the original series, Enemy Within is also one of my top... Uh, hold on. 
excuse me, my, one of my top TOS episodes. And it's probably the best, or at least one of the best episodes that Shatner's ever done because everything focused on Shatner for the entire episode. And Enemy Within is the first show to introduce problems with the transporter that creates a double. So when you see the fact that Boehm's got into the transporter and it created a double, and it also happened with Frakes, if I remember right, yeah, or yeah. Riker, that all came from Enemy Within. So on Enemy Within, what happened to Kirk was he was split into two different people. But the, what it was, though, is that half, literally half of what he was from emotions to deep down in his soul, half of that was split off, but the, but the half that was more aggressive, uh, more kind of psychotic, I guess. Yeah. And, the, and then his other half, who was, was nicer, if you want to put it that way. But anyway, I kind of put that in there because that started this whole thing with transporter actions, split personality stuff, and it was done first there. And if you've never seen that episode, watch it because that was, that was Shatner at his best. He really, really did a good job in that one. Yeah, I vaguely remember that one. I agree. Uh, that'll be when I get around to that one. I'll, I'll refresh my memory. But I do what I do recall from that. He did thoroughly enjoy that one as well. Um, and of course, the original series sp- uh, spins a lot of this stuff off into later tracks, uh, yep. episodes, and series where the rinse and repeat. Sometimes for the poor, sometimes for the better. See our last special about yes. that one because we covered that idea there before. Um, I have to mention as well, Gray, we've noted down here that uh, <laughs> I didn't know that, notice this at first, but obviously after the kind of the split the split of the personalities, um, <clears throat> younger Rutherford, it turns out to be, actually wakes up and he's like, oh, my effing head. And I didn't catch on immediately what had happened. I maybe turned away for a moment because norm, normally Rutherford would never swear. He's a very clean right, boy. Right. And I was like, what? Rutherford's swearing? It's because of him. Now, I know you've noted down here, uh, Gray, the sick base scene is Rutherford slips in a coma. Uh, Dr. Tiana Cat, as you're now calling her, says no funny lines. This is the possible and out of character. Grace protesting, by the way, people. And I, I have to join them. She didn't swear once. What? Why? I mean, it was uh, what What's was so silly about it. It was, it was a perfect <laughs> opportunity for her to drop one of her one liners, and I was waiting for it. And I was going, come on, this is going to be good. And I'm like, well, what happened? There was no one-liner. She was acting too much like a real doctor. And I'm like, no. I but, said, writers, what's wrong with you? Maybe it's because she's, <clears throat> she's, a, she's a new cat now. She's chilled out. She's with Shax now. Shax has made her no, a better no, cat. No, we can't, you know? no. <laughs> we can't do that. Series goes down the tubes without that. <laughs> you got okay. to stay there, man. I have to protest as well. That's a good shout, Gray, actually. Yeah, I, I missed the fact she didn't swear, man. That's that's kind of nuts. Um, we go back to the planet again, Gray, and we've got the job fairs kicking off. Um, and we've, there's this um, archaeologist in a booth right next to them. Uh, and every time Beckett and Boehm, or Boehm's as we're now calling them, tries to advertise something about the Federation or Starfleet or join up. The archaeologist is just poking fun all the time, Gray, and taking the piss. She's like, oh, don't don't join up. You want to be Borg? Really? Like, no, don't. it's not for you. Don't join up. And Beckett and the archaeologist just start having a bit of a ding-dong and just, you know, there's insults kind of flying across and I think there's a scrap about to kick off. I found that amusing. And that's just the start of what actually happens between 
the archaeologist uh, and uh, Beckett. Um, yeah. We move back to we move back to the Sirius again, um, and let's say both storylines in this episode. I really enjoyed Grey, but actually. What one did I like more? I probably liked the one the Suitos a little bit more actually, but they're both good. Mm-hmm. Uh, younger Rutherford, who we've never actually seen. Now, bear in mind, Rutherford, as we know just now, was like this character to an extent, or at least, yeah. well, probably completely well, he, back he in the day. Was, he, yeah, he definitely was yeah. the younger Rutherford until, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But um, that was him then, not now. Yeah, yeah younger Rutherford, uh, a def- completely different man. Um, he's trying it on with the ladies, he's flirting with people, um, and then the the trapped image of younger, uh, sorry, older Rutherford in uh, the, the view screen window is how he actually kind of communicates and, and talks with his younger self, and he said, no, no, I'll need to speak to Tindy, we'll need to get this sorted, he's like, who's Tindy? Uh, he's like, oh no, shut up! I'm not saying nothing. I'm saying no, no, not too late. Get younger Rutherford's on the on the computer, right? We'll take Tindy, and he's about to go and see her. But I think for whatever reason, I don't I don't know how this works. Younger Rutherford can inflict a bit of pain and violence on no older Rutherford can inflict. This will be confusing. Yeah. Current Rutherford can get uh, can get some digs in and some violence in with his younger self by actually punching himself in the little sensor, the eye sensor thing that he's got, which obviously causes it to short-circuit a little bit and causes a bit of pain. So um, we we one thing to note, though, Gray, I want your opinion on this one, right? What right. we've um, mentioned below as well is a rare appearance of a captain's yacht. You very rarely yeah. ever, ever see it. You don't see it fly, I don't think, in this episode, do you? No, you don't see it fly, no. but you see it. It's. Uh, I'm surprised it's on a, a, a Cali-class ship, because not every starship has one. Uh, we've seen rare appearances through time, haven't we, of Captain Yachts? There's one on Enterprise E, which we do see fly uh, right. the odd time. There is one on Voyager, which we never see fly, which I'm pissed off about. We want more Captain Captain Yachts in uh, Star Trek grade, do we not? I think it makes sense because I mean, if you're a captain of a ship, you should have at least some special things. You know, you have a bigger cabin, you have a ready room, you have your yacht. I mean, comes with comes with the title. <laughs> it, it comes. It comes with a title, and I wonder if older ships back in the day, like the navy days, like the old sail ships, I wonder they didn't have a captain's yacht. I don't think, and a lot of stuff is based on navy, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think, uh, and I'm <clears throat> I'm not talking from uh, knowing everything, but um, I believe on some of the Navy ships, at least the captains do get, if they have to leave the ship, which they don't usually, they get ferried off in style. A helicopter mm. will come get them. Not like olden the days, great olden close. days, right? <laughs> the no helicopters kind of play off of that a little. But if you think about it, you would need probably a yacht more in space because you're out there for God knows how long. So I could kind of understand it. Ah, yeah. Plus, plus, plus if you're going to do diplomatic stuff, you got to fly down in something that looks fancy, right? And not one of the crappy little shuttlecrafts. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You don't want. Yeah, you don't want that. You want like those <laughs> ships we saw in the. Uh, what was it in the older episode of Lower Decks with the the, the sails? Remember oh, that ship yeah. With the, 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 the big giant. The Bajoran. The Bajoran uh, uh, sail ships. Yeah, those were cool. Yeah, so you yeah, have yeah. to go down in something that looks 
you know, fancy, whatever. Yeah, the DS9 episode where um, uh, Cisco and his son, Jake, uh, I don't know if they build it or repair it or something, but yeah, that was that was fantastic, that sail ship. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. The concept of that is based on theory, like a lot of Star Trek is, of course. Um, but yeah, so we I would want... Love, I, but yep. Going on your point, though, I would love to see them play around a little more with that, see little things that you don't always see. I mean, especially since CGI is, I'm not going to say easier to do, but it's easier in respects that you don't have to build a model. So this way we could get, you know, fancier stuff that, that would exist. You know, I like seeing little things like that thrown in. It's cool. It's 100% easier to do. Definitely great. I'm not saying it's less work or it's less expensive, but it's, it's definitely right. easier to do. Money-wise, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, so yeah, more captain shots, uh, please, and things like that in Star Trek. That would be good, guys. Um, we're starting to we're starting to find out a little bit grey, slowly but surely, how or why Rutherford got his uh, implant, because <clears throat> he's getting images, he's getting flashbacks, he's remembering things that he didn't remember from beforehand. There's scenes of uh, racing ships through the neutral zone, which I loved. Um, yeah. That was pretty entertaining, actually because you don't really see that side of Rutherford. And he's a character you don't actually get a lot of attention on in, in this series at all, right. I think, Ray. He's probably one of the lesser-known guys in this series, if I, if I remember rightly. Um, but right right enough, back to the planet again. Mm-hmm. Back to the planet. We're at the booth again. Um, <laughs> and we've got... I found this amusing, Gray, because... I've written here, you never have... You never have to go back. What did I put here? You never have, you never to, have go- to go back in time to save her. That's yeah, yeah. The archaeologist said. Yeah, that was a ding dong. Right. She was throwing the, bra- the bar back at uh, Beckett and saying, like, oh, if you joined Starfleet, you never have to go back in time to save her. <laughs> and then Beckett says something like, well, we only did it three times. No, wait, four. Well, maybe five. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that's going back to our thing before of don't do things, don't remake things too much. Because you ruined right. it. You had a little moment about that, Gray. You had a little point, yeah. didn't you, where you were like, yeah. stop doing it, guys. Please. Yeah, they won't, but yeah. <laughs> was it? Your, your guy from... Um, your guy from... It only happened... It should have happened... Once. Yeah, it, should, it just happened once in Babylon 5, I think you Babylon told me, 5, and then you dropped right. it. Yeah, yeah. We just Stop doing it, guys. Unless you, you, you wait for a long time and then do a really, really good uh, episode yeah. and something. Yeah, if you it. want to know more about what we're talking about, you have to go back and watch the other video. You do. And so, a... so subscribe to this channel and go back and watch it. It's the last episode. It's a, <laughs> one of the specials we do. Right. We're not doing reviews. We spent a good 45 minutes on that show, which was pretty entertaining. Um, but yet the, 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 the ding dong, as I like to call it, is hearing up between Beckett and the archaeologist. Um, and <laughs> what I found amusing here was the... Was a conspiracy. Uh, they get one of the guys walking past asks, uh, "Well, we learn what really happened to Cisco and why parasites <laughs> climb up the backsides of admirals." Now, <laughs> these are the conspiracist nuts that you would have in modern society, right? And they're obviously right. still there in the future. I had a chuckle at that. They didn't say backsides. I'll leave that to your imagination. Um, uh, and we want to know why you don't have any butt bugs. That's a thing now in Lord Dex, but apparently, <laughs> kind of like you... that one, uh, the little creature that crawled in the ear on Rathacon. That little, that little creature, Gray. I I love 
the Wrath of Khan, I've told you this before, I went to see yeah. the cinema for its anniversary, I still freak out at that bit, I hate it, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, I don't, can't look at it, I just turn away, I don't know why. Yeah. Weak stomach? Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it is a little <clears throat> interesting, but, but, but that isn't a yeah, bar- magic. Imagine it crawling up the other end. <laughs> yeah, that isn't a that, that that one in your ear. Actually, I don't know which I would rather have. What they sound both pretty awful. Uh, but yeah, yeah, butt bugs. Um, I would you put your gray if I joined Starfleet? Do I get that uniform? Yeah, yeah, there was there was two people that walked up there. They were I forget they were, I don't know scientists or whatever they were, and they just go, "If I join Starfleet, do I get that uniform?" And they were obviously saying it as a joke. But Boyms wasn't getting it. He's going like, yeah, you get this uniform and you get this kind of uniform. And, and he's going like, I can't believe you, you believe what I just said. <laughs> and they start laughing at him. Yeah. It was funny. It's, it's heating up nicely on the planet between these two rival booths. The battle of the booths, we'll call it. Uh, jumping back to Cerritos again, great. We have the Rutherfords because now he can talk and see uh, his, his uh, younger self uh, pretty easily. Um, and they have this kind of conversation between them about why they're both there and what's happened and the fact that his older memories have been suppressed or removed, and that's why the implant goes on, Um, and he finds out, he remembers a lot of what he was like as a younger man. He didn't know this. This is all brand new to modern Rutherford. Uh, and back in the olden days, they made racers, and I get vibes of that episode Grey of Voyager, um, where the the Delta Flyers involved, and we'll touch on that in a moment. Um, and space races, uh, and they yeah. don't they don't build the, the Delta Flyer for that one, but it's already there. But they have cool little races. I like that little nod, Grey, to Voyager because it's my favourite show, of yeah. course. You know, um, yeah. but yeah, so. They they have their own they they have their own uh, ships. Um, They're allowed to build it any way they want. The, the, nothing, no no holes barred. Back. No holes barred. They do exactly what they want, uh, and they're going to have a race to see which conscience remains because they both can't remain. It's impossible for them both to remain. They have to decide in right. a in a in a race. One the younger Rutherford's got the the racing smarts, uh, and he's a good engineer of course he is because he's Rutherford but the modern Rutherford right. is a very good engineer so who's going to make the better ship so do you want to tell do you want to tell the guys what ships they come away with in the in, in the end Grey this was a little well, nod to Voyager basically the the young the younger Rutherford comes up with what would be equated to a kind of like a drag racer he comes up with some a concoction that looks like a drag racer Vulcan um, parts Right, all kinds of stuff thrown together, but looks cool and everything. Yeah. And uh looks actually closer to a, a speeder from Star Wars. But anyway, um, but when we go to the older Rutherford, all of a sudden he pulls back the curtain and there's the Delta Flyer, which we haven't seen since Voyager. And then he starts mentioning Paris, you know, uh, from Voyager, who helped create it and build it and fly it and all that stuff. And I, I'd have to go back and look at the episode, but I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. And the outfit that, that the older Rutherford puts on is a Voyager outfit, and it was Paris's outfit. He, he fashioned it after Paris's outfit. Yep. So yep. I don't know if people caught on to that one, but it was like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I, I remember that. So that was pretty cool to see the Delta Flyer, and he's going like, yeah, man, this thing is great. I'm not worried about it. 
but he but being the normal rutherford he's going like oh and i made an outfit for it i'll have to show it to you <laughs> <laughs> and the younger rutherford's going like please you yeah. know but but it was cool that was it was the whole scene was pretty neat yeah i did enjoy that i like the little nods because he mentions tom paris's name rutherford um obviously a, a hero of his from the previous season where he was Tom Paris was on a bloody plate, a talking plate. I've seen it all now. Uh, anyway, I, I digress, as we do here. Um, we uh, Now, I can't believe I missed this part out, Gray. Thank you for coming to the rescue. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we, go back to, we go back to the planet, uh, uh, the, the booths, the Battle of the Booths, as we're calling it. And there is a little comment made about why the uniforms are always changing, which you touched on before, which is a very good bloody point. <laughs> keep the same uniform for a while would be nice you put people at the mm-hmm. job otherwise now the, the, this the, <laughs> we we have we have a boimler going nuts guys we have a, a boimler uh, just losing the plot uh he's freaking out um he's freaking out and he leaves the booth but he holds it in no actually no sorry sorry bex no, wants in. to freak out but she holds it in doesn't she um but instead, it's Boimler that goes nuts. Now, I didn't. Normally, Beckett would go nuts, wouldn't she? She's the one right. that's a bit off the handle. Boimler. I mean, she was kind of going nuts, but she wasn't leaving the booth because she didn't want to go to Starbase eighty. But <laughs> I thought <laughs> she. Was, you know, she, we all thought it was going to be Beckett that would freak out and leave the booth eventually. But no, Boim's, which was unexpected, which was fun. Yeah. Decided that he, he was going to go completely bonkers as soon as uh, one of the um, aliens or whatever that was talking to Boim's grabs the pin, his rank pin, off of his collar yeah, and says, oh, you even wear jewelry, and he th- she throws it over his shoulder. And eh, you don't do that to Boims. And he just goes... And crushes it. <laughs> and cr- stands there and crushes it. And that sets him off, doesn't it? Yeah. And then he starts flipping over tables and smashing booths, and everybody's, like, jumping under their table, frightened. What's the sum of the things he says, Gray? Oh, God, there's so many things. But one of the things, he goes over to the collector's group who had just visited him before, and he goes, collecting doesn't make you happy. Your ships smell like ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's great. And then later, later, as he's smashing more things up and saying more funny junk, uh, he comes back with, I failed the Kobayashi Maru 17 times. <laughs> he seems proud of himself almost, man. You know, yeah, or something. I don't know. Uh, wow, was... it was just, it was fun just watching him go completely bonkers you know, everywhere. Uh, and Becca, Becca was trying, and the funny thing is, Becca was trying, like, boy, no, no, boy, no, no, come back, come back, no, 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 do that. <laughs> And he's just like, Whoop. but it's, this it is it. He's held it in for far too long. It's not bold boims now. It's just angry boims, and it was actually hilarious to see. And for whatever reason, this jogged a, a memory gray of uh, the awful ninety percent awful Star Trek special day that we done a special on as well a few episodes ago, <laughs> uh, where if they just showed yeah. us the content, we would have been happy and left out all the cringe. But uh, the you. Uh, the character that plays uh, Boimler couldn't couldn't actually sorry the actor that plays Boimler couldn't actually make it. Um, he was busy for whatever reason in his hotel room doing something else. So um, hopefully more of the boys that'd be nice. Um, he yep. he he leaves that scene at the end that that interview thing he does by doing his trademark scream, which was not yeah. as good when yeah. it's in the voice booth. It's better, but he just yeah, screams yeah. and runs away, and I like that. It's brilliant. I love how he screams in that. That's just, but yeah, okay, people, we digress in this. Greg has something yeah, in his I'll mind. I'll tell you, the, the, the voice actor had to have a blast doing that episode where Boyms goes nuts. He had to. 
Oh yeah. I mean, he does. He just doesn't get to do that kind of stuff. And this time he got it. Yeah, he actually got to go bananas. He was really into it. He's screaming. I hope I hope they gave him an actual see the the the, the booth that they're in. Uh, speaking of booths, we're still on booths. Booths and Starfleet and booths were recording voices. Um, the booth that he was in. I hope they gave him some kind of stuff that he could just wreck and throw about to get right into character. Because he's trying to be yeah, angry like true, that yeah. and stand still is difficult. You want to, like, that's true. That's true. You got to kind of. A lot of the voice actors, have you ever watched them when they're they're animated doing, with their whole bodies? Oh, their their hands are everywhere. Their faces are everywhere. They say they they got to do that to be able to try to stay in the character. You can't just be a head. You know, it's impossible to do that. It's impossible. Yeah, it's pretty tough. But I, I love his work. I love his work, um, and I love the character. So, long uh, may it continue. Um, so we go back to we go back to a race, Gray, right between the the, mm-hmm. the Rutherfords and whoever wins, whoever's first wins. That simple, and the other consciousness is deleted. Harsh, but that's the way that they've agreed it. But mm-hmm. because this race is supposed to go through the neutral zone partially, because it's an illegal race, of course it is. Drag racing in the future, or street racing in the future, it's the equivalent. Um, right. We see a Romulan Warbards. The Dederdix class, I think. No. Yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one. I can't remember the actual class, yeah. but it's the original proper one from the the from the next generation. Uh, uh, comes out of cloak and starts firing at them. Um, so <laughs> I was like, here we go. The, the proverbial set the fan. Um and the thing is, because younger Rutherford has got the, the the racing smarts that current Rutherford has forgotten about, he's pulling off in the distance by a decent amount. But right. you think our Rutherford is going to lose the race. He's screwed, you know. Uh, but right. then he said, no, no, wait a minute, hang on, turns round, and then he starts speaking to Beckett, he starts speaking to Boimler, and other Rutherford are like, what the hell? Like, what? And he starts speeding on. He said... Current, current Rutherford said, we said anything goes. You might be building this and that and making a fancy ship, but I've got my crew. I'm nothing without my my, my pals and my crew. And between the, the the few of them, they actually start going ahead and starting to win the race. Uh, but then we move on to younger Rutherford. Uh, the Romeo Warboard smashed it up. It's It's got shots on it. Uh, and it looks like he's 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 uh, dying here, Craig. Now I've never really been right. sad at Lord X, but I was a little bit sad here. I must admit because I liked yeah. the younger Rutherford. Did you? Yeah, because I think it was because you knew it was really Rutherford when he was younger. So in a sense, kind of part of Rutherford was actually dying. Yeah. And so you started to feel bad because of that, even though it was more of a conscious entity kind of deal. Yeah, but even so, you did feel kind of bad. So I wasn't sure how they were going to handle that. Now he died, but he he died, but he didn't die. It's again, it's all it kind of in the consciousness. It's a con- it's his consciousness fighting against his own consciousness. And I what's mean, it he does at the end, Gray? There after he's dying, or just before he dies? Oh, there, the, he the, yeah, he does the whole mind meld thing straight from Wrath of Khan. It's just like like what Spock did. He just goes remember. Yeah. And yeah. that was like, you know, but the, the only difference was in Wrath of Connors, of course, said remember to McCoy. And we didn't know what that meant until the next movie. But in this in this show, as soon as he said, remember, he started to remember. Yeah. And then we got this. We got this whole shot of, of uh, apparently some kind of conspiracy. It looked at from what we can gather that the young Rutherford was building 
I don't know something. what he was building. Some some something, some machine or engineering or help. The one that explodes at the start of the episode, I think, we presume. Maybe, yeah. And yeah. so then we find out that he was getting a little bit too, you know, whatever, and he thought he could was invincible and he did something wrong. And the thing blows up and tears up half his face and, and everything. And so now we're starting to put two and two together, going like, oh, okay, so Rutherford was in an accident when he was young. This messed up part of his face and his head and everything, thus the the need for a, a cyborg implant. But what we didn't understand, and they showed in the scenes, was that, and it was all kind of dark, so you couldn't see their faces, you only saw their voices. But Rutherford is remembering that these people, apparently the explosion may not have been Rutherford's fault, but something in the program that he was in, the actual yeah. Starfleet program, that those guys, the higher-ups, screwed up. So that so basically it was became a cover up, yeah. and the the Rutherford that we know the cyborg implant was a cover up, and only now does the real Rutherford find out that it was a cover up. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting because they haven't really thrown a mystery like that in lower decks that obviously isn't going to be solved in one episode. Well, maybe it will. I I don't know. But I'm guessing they're going to let it hang out there a little bit until they have some kind of episode that reckons this whole thing. Yeah. At least the end of the season, if not next season. We won't find out anytime soon, I don't think. Great. Yeah. Maybe at the end of this season. Ah, push. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no. Um, that bit was a bit sad, and I did like the Wrath of Khan nod to it, to be fair. Um, but Grey's noted here as well uh, that when Rutherford wakes up, Tendi's obviously very deeply moved, and she's very emotional. She's hugging Rutherford yep. a lot. And obviously, yeah, you know, like we've said this before that people should couple off in this show a little bit. It's a bit obvious. Tendi and Rutherford are obviously a thing. It's obvious mm-hmm. that she's got a thing for him. Um, and there probably should be a couple, to be honest here. What did you put after here, Great Younger Rutherford meets well, uh, an for was... So Is that towards the start of the episode? It was when it was when the young Rutherford had taken over his body and started going around the hallways of the uh, studios, and he stops a young ensign, a female, and he started saying, you know, kind of rude comments to her, whatever. She makes the comment, "You went on me for you, you dated me four times, and you don't remember what department I'm in." Like, (laughs) okay, what? (laughs) Dated her four times. So I'm sitting there going, like, "Mm, what? So when was that? Was that before he met Tendi or? Yeah, so that was kind of something I just picked up on. I was just going like, okay, well, yeah, I do remember that actually from earlier an episode. Yeah, when he's going round you, I'm going to have a sleeve. Right, bag. I'm going to assume that those four dates were before he got serious with Tendi, because apparently he's serious. He's not serious with Tendi. You don't know this. I'm not a couple well, years. Sure oh, no, look at the look at the way he hugs her and everything at the end. Well, and also because it can't be Boimler, because Boimler's seen her just wearing a. a Bloody bath right. towel when he didn't even flinch, so didn't even notice yeah. it was happening. So, guys, <laughs> hopeless. Um, but yeah, okay. Uh, so closing in on the the end here, Gray. Um, so Boimler does actually have to spend a night in the brig for his outrage. Um, but the thing is, Ransom was kind of impressed with him. He said, "You know, we have to lock you up for the night." He thought he was getting carted off to like Starbase eighty or somewhere like that, you know. But no, no, he's just yeah. he's he's just going in the brig for the night to, to cool down. And I think Ransom's impressed because of the way he was sticking up for Starfleet and uh, Cerritos and all that. And that came a little bit more respect for Ransom. Uh, yeah. Ransom suggests drinks afterwards. So, you know, like, Boiler keeps getting these little shacks owes him favour. 
Uh, now the commander <laughs> doesn't all my favour, but it's on his good side. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And you mentioned here, Gray, that uh, Boimler had done Beckett a huge favour with his outburst as Ransom was uh, also impressed with Beckett recruiting a bunch of people into Starfleet, which is a good shout, because mm-hmm. when the commander goes down to the planet to see what happens, he was about... He stepped up to the booth around the corner as if he was going to see a shit show, as if he was going to see hardly anyone there and it'd be a waste of time. And he's about to open his mouth and he's like, well, I'm surprised there's a bunch of people all around the booth wanting to get in. And why did they want to get in? Because like they see this action with Boimler going nuts. They went, I want a piece of this. All these recruits are like, yeah, if, they, if yeah, this happens in Starfleet, I want to join in, man. I want to be part of this. So every they, alien race is lining up, and then one of them <laughs> sits and goes, goes like he says, "Well, he says, well, it's that he says, if I can get that kind of confidence that Boims has, I'll, I'm in for Starfleet." And then she yeah. goes, "Do they have engineering?" And they go, "Yeah, this is a lot into that." <laughs> so, <laughs> and they're yeah. all signing up. It was, it was they, they, they don't. They both done well. They both done well. Gray, both Beckett and Boim okay. were safe to see in this episode. Um, we have the archaeologist back again. Uh, who contacts Beckett back on the ship. Um, she's trying to kind of recruit her. She's trying to get her, Beckett into a new uh, venture because she sees her potential. She, she, she can see what she's capable of. Uh, and she's sitting, she's sitting there with the Grad Negacy's staff. That, yeah. <laughs> which I had a yeah, chuckle. Like, you just stole this, man. How did you steal that? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I was impressed. The archaeologist, when I first met her i wasn't i was like why well that's going to be boring but she was a brilliant catalyst for this episode i have yeah. to say um and i guess it may, may set up a possibility of another episode where beckett maybe thinks starfleet isn't her thing no well we could well we could do but i hope yeah she's always going to choose starfleet now and she better when you don't have lord Dex, i mean no, I it really does open it up to another episode the archaeologist is going to have to come back I would like to see her Some, back. Someday. Someday. Yeah. She, she's yeah. done a good job. Well, we've got some closing notes here, Craig, where we mentioned, um, I think we've touched on this before, it was a, it was a good episode, uh, uh, good character development for Rutherford because we don't see a lot of, of him, as we discussed before. Right. Um, and obviously the best scene was Bibler blown up. Hands down, yeah, brilliant. No doubt. No, no doubt, doubt, yeah. <laughs> Lost comedic opportunities for Dr. Cat as well. Well, Graham the reason mentions. why I want to point that out is because not only did, was there an opportunity at the beginning, like I had mentioned, there was a second opportunity where, where um, whatchamacallit, Rutherford was waking up from, from the coma. The other one was when he was in the coma. This time he's waking up from the coma. And Dr. Tiana just goes, oh, okay, hold on, hold on you'll, be, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, don't worry. And I'm going like, okay. Now I'm, waiting, like, I'm ready, yeah, I'm waiting, I'm ready waiting. for the one-liner, <laughs> and then again, no one-liner. And I'm sitting there going, come on, are you kidding me? There's right. two opportunities well, for the writer. I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, the writer that wrote this episode does not understand that character. What would you have said, Craig? Like, if you could have put a line I, in I for know. Dr. I mean, Cat, I, do you know what I would have said? I would have went, I would have went, thank yeah. F, F, F. That you uh, made it. I thought you were a goner. Yeah. yeah, anything, <laughs> something like that. Or she could have said, or she could have said something like, "It's about time you wake up." <laughs> yeah, lazy be. Lazy, uh, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she, I mean, I, and I, 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 maybe it's a, it's a small thing, but I, I do really like the, that character a lot, Doctor Tiana Cat, as I call her. Um, but, Kat. but it was perfect. It was an opportunity for really funny stuff to be dropped in there. Every show you see her on, that character, she, she says something funny. Even if it's only something very little, 
She doesn't say a darn word. But Nothing funny. See, see if these uh, at all. If the senior crew ever make an appearance, it has to be good. It has to not just be for the sake of it. So yeah, I agree with you, and I think that's why Gray and I both put it down as a seven out of ten because a lot of these episodes are a seven out of ten, which isn't a bad thing. That means it's classed as good. It's just not classed as excellent. Yeah. And maybe it would have been nudged up to an eight out of ten if we'd got some more Doctor Cat lines to make it even funnier. The episode, it's possible. So you've lost out one one percentage point there out of ten. Yeah. Or decks for not having Doctor yeah. Cat right. cursing. <laughs> Actually, what I think I might do one day, I've I've thought about this before, but I'm t- I'm saying it vocally now. I might go b- back on all the episodes one day and pull out every single Doctor Tiana sh- uh, scene and put them all, edit them Montage. all together. Because so- they're just so good. I mean, they're just so good. Right. You've and, heard- and they're even funnier in context to the story. But she also brings up stuff from old star trek shows even going back to the original series she brings up stuff and it makes it just makes it hilarious right just, she's great i mean that character's great you've heard it here first people grace said he's maybe going to do that we're going to hold him to it that he's probably definitely going to do it now because we want a montage okay. of the cat just cursing <laughs> and swearing and that would be hilarious gray does this from time to time people which is pretty cool he'll pull little montages and clips together of like funny scenes or memorable scenes uh, of dialogue in Star Trek, so we might see that again. So yeah, no, it was decent. Seven out of ten, I would say. Safe to say, uh, not bad. Hopefully, you can get a cheeky eight out of ten in the next episode. Um, but yeah, that that pretty much wraps us up uh, for mm-hmm. today. Thank you, Mister Gray, for coming along as usual. Sure. Um, and if you like people diverging from the the subject, breaking it down, just having a general chat about the episode. Um, Please always thumbs up and a cheeky subscribe would always be appreciated. Any comments below are always welcome because we don't pretend to be perfect at this and uh, any improvements or any things you would like to see or suggest, always note them down. We like to interact with people. So. But until the next time, uh, live long and prosper, I guess, Gray. See you later, live guys. Bye-bye. Bye.